evening and welcome to First Things First. As you can see, we continue to be social distancing ourselves from our homes, but uh, we hope you are as well. Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds, Greg Jennings, all with us this morning. If this is what it takes for us to talk sports and to be in your living room, then we are more than happy to do so. So let's start with the biggest story continuing to dominate sports headlines right now, and that is Tom Brady. Brady was introduced as the Buccaneers' next and newest quarterback yesterday. We didn't get the traditional handshakes and the photo ops. We did, however, get some vintage Tom Brady. It was all business as usual, saying the Bucs are committed to the, quote, goal of playing football, which is to win. Nick, I asked you this. Do the Bucs give Brady a better chance to win than the New England Patriots did? Of course not. And I don't know that anyone realistically believes that they do. They are in a far tougher division. Tom Brady goes from having to beat Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Ryan Fitzpatrick to having to beat Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Teddy Bridgewater. You go from having the number one across-the-board defense in football last season to a defense last year that was good the final half of the year but has not been consistently good year in, year out since Gruden was there or since Tony Dungy handed the reins off to Gruden nearly 20 years ago. You go from the best coach and most consistent coaching staff in the entire NFL to a good coach. Now, Bruce Arians is a good coach, but he's obviously not Bill Belichick. And so the only upside for Brady as far as winning is he got out of Patrick Mahomes' conference that you can, in theory, make the Super Bowl without having to play the Chiefs. But aside from that, everything just got harder for Tom. He knows that. And so it does beg the question to me, is winning the, the famous quote, winning's not the main thing, it's the only thing? It Well, I don't know if that's the case for Tom anymore. I think Tom, as it was demonstrated throughout all the great reporting since he has chosen the Bucks, wanted to be appreciated, wanted, his wife said, wanted to have fun at work. And so I think he obviously believes he can win in Tampa, but he clearly sacrificed some of the certainty of winning that goes along with playing for a Bill Belichick coach team for some of the freedom and maybe some of the respect that will go along with playing quarterback for Greg Jennings for a Bruce Arians coach team. For me, I think it's all about the culture. There's two different cultures that Tom Brady is leaving and then walking into. One had established a winning culture. Championships was everything. It was the goal. It was how they went about doing their jobs. If you do your job, we win championships here in New England. Now he's going into a culture that's completely different. They have to learn how to win. They have to establish building blocks on what winning looks like. Mike McCarthy used to say it all the time, and I allude to it quite often. They have to learn how to stack success. When I was in Green Bay and I decided to uh, go to the Minnesota Vikings, a rival, of course, I felt like we have the opportunity to win. We can do whatever I did and experience the things that I've experienced in Green Bay. But the reality was I didn't really know the inside of the culture, the way the general managers think, the way the organization from inside out 
looks and approaches winning. And what I mean by that is when I got to the Vikings, they were more so enthralled with beating the Packers versus winning championships. Yes, every, all 32 teams are going to say the championship is the goal, but not every single team in this National Football League understands how to go and approach that step by step by step as, as far as the process goes. And so that's going to be the number one thing that changes for Tom Brady. We heard it in the press conference where they alluded to him coming down there and bringing some of that winning ways and that mentality and that approach that will change the culture, hopefully to a winning culture. That's what's going to be on Tom Brady on paper. They look great on paper. The Cleveland Browns looked great last year, but look what happened there. And I think it all starts with Tom Brady. I love his approach and I think they have a chance, but his odds of winning were much better in New England. All right, Wilds, we've established that these are two very different organizations. We know the Bucs aren't the Patriots, and it'll be years before the Bucs or anyone else seemingly in the league become the Patriots. Is there any advantage Tom Brady gets by being with the Bucs now than he did with the Patriots at all? Yeah, Jenna, I don't know. I listened to Bruce Arians on uh, Rich Eisen's show yesterday. It's a great interview. I highly recommend it. And just to uh, reflect on what Greg is saying, here's a quote that I pulled. Um, Eisen asked him about the Super Bowl window. You're like, your window is now. And Arian said, our players believe it. We have a chance to win our division. We've won it as a six. Oh, then he talks about getting it. He said, we have a chance to get into the dance. So, Patriots, we would talk about championship, city, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots. Now they're talking about like getting into yep. the into the big dance. I think it's a whole nother world Tom Brady is stepping into. All right. So the, the other thing that we learned yesterday uh, from Tom Brady is that he himself knows that he's got a lot to learn by going to Tampa Bay. And it's not just everyone else learning his system. He's learning theirs. He said, quote, hopefully the knowledge and experience I have will allow me to transition quickly. Nick, how much should the Bucs adapt to Brady, and how much should Tom Brady be adapting to the Buccaneers and their system? Uh, it's a great question, and it's going to have to be a combination. The question is, is it 50-50, 60-40, 80-20? And I, I want to dive into that. If I may just for a moment expand on Wilds and Greg's point, there's a great video people have seen Belichick a couple years ago when they reached the Super Bowl being handed the AFC Championship Trophy, the Lamar Hunt Trophy, and he almost throws it down. He just flips it to the side like, who wants this? Come on. This is not what we're here for. The Bucks, on the other hand, if they gave you a trophy for winning the NFC South, they would frame it in crystal glass at the front of the stadium because of they've been out in the wilderness for so many years. So I think that does speak to the point of what does winning mean and how different teams have different definitions of what winning means. So how do the Bucks achieve ultimate winning, right? So who's going to have to adapt? Now to address Jenna's question directly, people are going to say, I think people will say, well, obviously the Bucks have to adapt to Tom. Tom's the GOAT. Tom's the one who's done it. Tom can be the teacher. And maybe on culture he can be. Maybe on how you don't look past an opponent he can be. But when it comes to style of play and when it comes to the way the offense is run, 
Is it easier for one 20-year veteran football genius to adjust to 24 other people, or is it easier for 24 other people, some of whom are first and second and third-year players, some, most of whom are not don't have quite the football acumen of Tom Brady, to adjust their system? I think it's obviously easier for Brady to adjust with the minor tweaks, Greg, I would imagine being, it, listen, everyone pays attention to route precision, but now all of a sudden you're really going to have to pay attention to route precision. If I say seven, it means seven, not eight or even seven and a half. Those types of tweaks for Godwin and Evans will be, I think, adjustments. But overall, Greg, I think it's going to be Brady making the lion's share of the adjustments because the numbers would dictate that's what makes the most sense. Yeah, Nick, you're 100% correct. I think you definitely have a, a quarterback who's obviously proven that he's smart. He's smart enough to make adjustments on the fly and mid-game um, and give him a, given an offseason. He's definitely going to be able to make those adjustments with terminology and new verbiage. And so I think also it's the entire unit, the entire offensive unit. And why I say that is because you're going to have a different voice talking to you in the huddle, a voice that is not Jameis Winston, that is not Ryan Fitzpatrick. It is Tom Brady. The only difference about the voice that Tom Brady will be giving these bucks and what he was giving the New England Patriots, the guys listening in New England were depending on Tom to do it. Now Tom's voice is a little different. They're relying on him to put them in position so that they can be special because they've been listening to everything. Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, all these guys have been listening to everything. The offensive line, these Titans, they've been listening to everything that has been said about Tom Brady and his lack of skill guys around him. So what does that mean? That means, look, we can't let the goat down. So we're going to have to make sure we're coming back to the huddle. If he's being un, uh, stressed with pressure, Tom, we're going to speed up these routes. We're going to cut them a little short. We're going to quicken things up so you can get rid of the ball. They have to look at him and not only allow for him to see their body language, but they have to see and assess his body language and say, Tom, we got you. Because in this stage in his career, he's going to rely more on them lifting him up then they are he lifting them up. Wilds, one of the things I love about you is that you worry about things almost as much as I do. You're actually worried about Tom Brady, right? That's what I'm, I'm understanding from I, I, what we're talking about. Well, as soon as Greg started talking about pressure in the pocket, I started to get a little bit nervous, like all of <laughs> Patriots nations, like Robert mm -hmm. Kraft as well. Robert Kraft took out this big article. The Kraft family took out this big ad in Tampa Bay Tribune and said, take care of him. And I was like, uh-oh, that hasn't even crossed my mind that we're not going to take care of him because Tom Brady is beloved, but he's also very, very fragile. He led the league with 44 throwaways. Guys come in like, get rid of it. I'm out. Nick's boy, Patrick Mahomes, 22. Our guy, Jimmy G, 12 throwaways. Like, those guys just aren't throwing away. Tom, Tom Brady, he doesn't want to get hit, Greg. And I'm very, very nervous that in... Bruce Arians' system, the guy's going to get hit. The scariest stat in the world is since 07, 
Big Ben, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, and Jameis got sacked 508 times. Tom Brady got sacked only 300 times, 318, 200 more sacks. I just want Bruce Arians to keep Tom Brady safe, please. Have you ever had muscle pain? I'm talking stop you and your tracks will never work out again. What am I going to do kind of pain? This is the kind of pain Dr. Jason Wersland was in when he created Theragun, the deep muscle massager that's unlike anything you've ever felt. Theragun isn't a cheap massager that just tickles your muscles. Their handheld percussive device uses a scientifically calibrated combination of speed, depth, and power to release the deepest muscle tension. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just everyday life, you can use Theragun. Theragun is the preferred muscle recovery device for over 250 professional sports teams and used by hundreds of thousands of satisfied customers around the world to reduce pain, increase range of motion, and soothe aching muscles. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com cadence. For a limited time, our listeners get a free charging stand with a purchase, a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash cadence, theragun.com slash cadence. Back here on First Things First, now time for Drawing a Blank. So Tom Brady made his Bucks intro yesterday saying he's, quote, got to be able to adapt and evolve. Nick, Brady's Bucks introductory conference call yesterday was blank. Surreal. And this is coming from someone who's been saying for the better part of eight months that Tom Brady's time with the Patriots was going to end this offseason. But it still was bizarre to hear him answer real, to hear him talk about the Patriots in the past tense, to really start to envision him in those potentially creamsicle throwback jerseys that, God, I hope they wear at some point. And to think about Tom Brady outside of the cocoon of New England, even though we've been talking about it seemingly uh, to no end over the last six, seven months, to have it finally happened, Greg Jennings, to me, was a surreal moment. Yeah, it was very cordial. He said all the right things. He sounded really sincere and warm and friendly even when talking about the Bucks, but even more importantly, when he was asked about Rod, uh, Robert Kraft and the comments that were made about uh, in regards to him wanting to leave versus uh, it being on the New England Patriots, he just has a way of being very savvy and saying the right things all the time, which I absolutely enjoy and I love about Tom Brady. That's why players not only want to be around him, organizations want to be involved with them. So I, I think it was very cordial. Jen, I thought it was Belichickian. He's on to Tampa Bay. Ah, he didn't talk about Robert Kraft and the Patriots. He didn't talk about our decades-long dynasty. And he didn't talk about how Tampa Bay has been the worst franchise in professional sports since they entered the league. Belichickian. I like it. All right. Let's move on to your former team, Greg, the Green Bay Packers. They are adding 25-year-old wide receiver Devin Funches, who missed last season with the Colts due to a clavicle injury. Nick Wright, Aaron Rodgers should feel blank about the Packers adding Funches. 
Nonplussed. Like, really? Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. I see Kyler Murray gets a fun new toy named DeAndre Hopkins. Josh Allen gets Stephon Diggs out of my own division. Amari Cooper was available to be had if you wanted to pay the toll. And you bring me Devin Funches, just the next receiver in the long line of former Panthers receivers that's like, oh, I remember when I thought he would be good one day. Like, that is the guy you give Aaron Rodgers? If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I say, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm I saying thank you for this, but it's like you sent me an edible arrangement. It's not because I really like it. It's just like, ah, it's here. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. I, he should be nonplussed about it. I think you should be optimistic about it. And Nick, I kind of knew you were going to go down that road because of your Carolina ties with Devin Funches and the inconsistent play that he provided you guys. But that's why I believe he should be optimistic. Number one, he's not going to be the primary receiver. He's not going to be the number one. In Carolina, he had to carry that load of being the number one guy. He doesn't have that role because Devontae Adams would be alongside him filling that void. But what he can provide and will he will provide is a big receiver that if he becomes more consistent in catching the football, one of the things that Devin Punches failed, in my opinion, catching the ball consistently, making plays for his quarterback when he needed them to. That's what Devin Punches could bring, potentially. Experience, big target, and for whatever reason, when you have a quarterback that's relying on you to just be special because you know how special they already are, you tend to step your level of play up. So I think Aaron Rodgers should be optimistic. You know what? I, I put delighted on there, but I'm going to change mine right now. to All right, Nick, I just have to tell you real quick. And all delicious. Having a couple of technical issues with Wild, so I'm going to step over him to say, I too got an edible arrangement last year, Nick. It was from Steph, and I loved it. So stop knocking him. All right, on to the newest Las Vegas Raider now, Marcus Mariota who is very comfortable being the backup, saying, quote, first and foremost, this is Derek's team. So, Nick, Mariota conceding the starting quarterback job to Derek Carr is blank. Depressing. Come on, Marcus. You're the former number two overall pick. You're trying to reinvigorate your career. Tampa gave up on, or Tennessee gave up on you, understandably. But now you really, in theory, should be competing for that starting job. You had folks like me on TV saying you might be the next starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And now you're going to let Derek Carr, just Derek Carr, uh, let me roll out the red carpet to you. We already know you're a great guy. Everyone in Tennessee has spoken for years about what a great person in the community you are, what a great teammate, what a great human being. And while that's all well and good, it hasn't really served your NFL career that well. So maybe you should get to be get there and say, hey, they tell me I'm the backup, but I think I'm better than Derek Carr. He's better than him in college. He's better than him a few years ago. I've had a bad couple few seasons, but you just wait. Derek Carr don't want to see me in that meeting room. That's what he should have done. So I'm a little depressed that Marcus Mariota is not taking that tack. That's the tact I would have taken. 
but I'm also not nearly as good of a human being as him. Greg Jennings? I had one word I was going to use, but I'm going to change it slightly. To foolish. Like, you don't go into a situation wanting to be a starter, hopefully, having the opportunity to compete for a starting position and just hand it over without competing. Where do we do that at? Where do they do that? I don't understand it. You mentioned, you, you, you literally hit the nail on the head. He's trying to revitalize his career, re- resuscitate what once was and what, what we thought he was going to potentially be for the Tennessee Titans. Like, you have another opportunity, Marcus. Step up to the plate and fight for what you want and what you feel like you deserve and earn it. Don't hand it over. I think he's actually really brilliant. I'm going with Tannehill-esque. Marcus Mariota sitting back thinking, huh, my backup just got four years, $118 million. Maybe this backup into starter move is not a bad one. So sure, I'll be the backup. Maybe I win the job. Maybe I get a huge contract afterwards. I like it. So just so I'm clear, Nick and Greg, you're all fine unless those guys are being a little too nice. All right, moving on to the Texans. Their franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson, sent out a bit of a cryptic tweet on Monday. So obviously rumors are swirling that he could be gone. Nick, Deshaun's future with the Texans is blank. I'm going to copy my own previous answer. This is also depressing. Now, I know Deshaun's going to say, ah, that's just a Drake lyric. Yeah, we know it's just a Drake lyric, but Drake also has millions of lyrics to choose from, and you chose the one about an iconic duo being ripped at the seams. And it's depressing because Deshaun Watson should be one of the faces of the NFL. He should be a future MVP. We should have Watson, Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson, along with Baker, if he can get his act together, all battling for AFC supremacy. Instead, Deshaun Watson has to play with one hand tied behind his back because his head coach is Bill O'Brien, his GM is Bill O'Brien, the emperor of the team is Bill O'Brien, and it's the NFL, so he can't force his way out of there. If this were the NBA, Deshaun Watson be gone. I don't know where he'd go, but he'd be somewhere else. In the NFL, he's got two years left on his deal and then two potential franchise tag seasons. The earliest he could possibly be gone is four years from now. And by then, Bill O'Brien will trade away NRG Stadium. He'll definitely trade away J.J. Watt. He might name himself the starting left guard. So I'm just depressed for Deshaun. He's a special talent. He's had to overcome his circumstances throughout his career. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah, I think his, his future is undecided. When it comes to the Houston Texans, obviously they have the control. They have the upper hand because of the franchise tags and the potential that they can do with that there. But anytime you get your quarterback, who is not only a face of your franchise, but he's one of the up-and-coming faces of the league, the National Football League, and he's not happy, he's not excited about being where he is, that is problematic. Not just for you as a coach and general manager, Bill O'Brien, but as an organization because of what the trickle effect and the domino effect they can have have on the team within that locker room. And losing uh, DeAndre Hopkins the way that they did, trading him away, it was not good for anyone in that organization, specifically the guys that have to go in that locker room and play for one another. 
Foxborough bound. Let's go, Deshaun. Welcome to the team. I found a random internet betting site that had Foxborough Patriots 2021 quarterback. Stidham was plus 350. And Deshaun Watson, courtesy of that Drake tweet, plus 450. Welcome you to the team. Future MVP, future champion, Deshaun Watson. Wilds, you're the best. All right. Uh, Speaking of the Patriots, Tom Brady's newest weapon for the Buccaneers is three-time Pro Bowler Mike Evans, who is beyond excited to have the GOAT as his new quarterback. So, Nick, Mike Evans celebrating, quote, on that Hennessy since Brady signed with the Bucs is blank. So, Texas A&M. Like, listen, Mike, we all went through the Hennessy phase. All of us did. If you're my age, I know Mike's about 10 years younger than me, you went through the the hip and hen phase. A little hypnotic, a little Hennessy, turns the drink green. I know Greg knows about a little Incredible Hulk. This is all a part of our youth. Growing up, you drink you drink this bad, you drink this cognac, and, and, and it makes you feel like you're, like you're a grown man before you are. But now you are a grown man, Mike Evans. And if you're still drinking Hennessy, I got to question the choices around you, the people around you. It's like finding out a grown-up has their steak well done. You don't really blame them. You blame the people around them for not having better influences on them. So I, it, it, this makes a lot of sense for when you were with Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, Mike Evans. Doesn't make so much sense now that you're with Tom Brady. Was the last time you think Tom Brady had some Hennessy? Come on, Mike Evans. You're a different man in a different circumstance. has got to evolve, my friend. That's my answer, Greg Jennings. See, I think it's classic because it's it's when you don't know how to win and you haven't experienced something that's been classy <laughs> and better. You go for what you know, and that's what he's doing here. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's classic because I think he will get introduced with some finer wines potentially or some finer drinks. But for Mike Evans, he's excited and he has every right to be excited because what Tom Brady has provided him with the eyes and what he's done in his past, it precedes him and rightfully so. So Mike Evans, enjoy your hand, man. Look, I think it's historical because there's historical precedent for uh, Mike Evans' optimism. In the history of the league, there's only been two players in their first six years to have a 1,000 receiving yards. It's Randy Moss and Mike Evans. So if I'm Mike Evans, I'm like, oh, let's go. Tom Brady to Randy Moss. I'd be super excited. Look around you. It's a wireless world, and everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. And Raycon's latest model, E25, is their best one yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for on-the-go listening and for taking phone calls. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. Now's the time 
to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash FTF. That's buyraycon.com slash FTF for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash FTF. here first things first we're talking some cam newton the former mvp was released by the panthers yesterday after nine seasons in carolina cam passed his physical and was so pumped he took to social media to say he's quote free and hungry nick i know nobody could really bring him in right now for a physical to see for themselves but are you surprised that that no teams traded for cam newton I, Jenna, you thought I was fired up about the Hennessy conversation. That's nothing compared to my utter dismay at what's going on in the NFL in regards to Cam Newton. I understand that he right now, you can't bring him in, touch him, talk to him, test out his foot. So trading a draft pick away for him is a risk. But you know what's also a risk? Every draft pick that's ever been made and teams throw away mid-round draft picks on quarterback chances all the time. In the last five years, in the third round, and Cam could have been had for a fifth rounder. In the third round, teams have drafted Will Greer, who couldn't find the field last year, Mason Rudolph, who got replaced by the duck caller, Davis Webb, who despite the Giants wanting to move on from Eli repeatedly, Geno Smith got the call over him, Cody Kessler, and Garrett Grayson. That's the third round. Fourth and fifth round picks, it's even worse. Anyone familiar with Easton Stick? He was a fifth rounder last year. What about Kyle Laletta, another one of those Giants mid-round draft picks? How about Nathan Peterman or Cardale Jones, who just got benched in the XFL? Teams spend mid-round picks on quarterback chances all the time. Why there wasn't a team in the league willing to spend one of those picks to ensure they get Cam Newton, who if he's not healthy, you cut him in preseason and have him locked in at 20 million bucks for a one-year trial. I'll never understand it. It's beyond me. I had people call my radio show last night, Greg Jennings, and say it's about his post-game attire. It is so illogical that I'm willing to wonder, is it about his post-game attire? Because it can't be that the whole league has decided at 30 years old Cam Newton isn't worth a mid-round pick, a flyer on, to see if he can go regain some of his MVP form, Greg Jennings. Well, I agree with a a good chunk of what you're saying. I would not have traded, and I could understand why teams wouldn't have traded draft picks for Cam Newton when you kind of saw the writing on the wall. You saw that the Panthers were undecided about the future of Cam Newton moving forward with him as their starting quarterback. So you wait to see what they do. And once they acquire Teddy Bridgewater, and now obviously the kid from the XFL, you knew it was a matter of time. They're going to let him go. They're going to release him. They're not going to put these guys on their roster and at the number that they just gave Teddy Bridgewater and keep Cam Newton. So now I wait and I can pick him up and reassess that contract and see if it's something that we can tailor to our liking that better suits our financial uh, dispersion across our team. So I didn't 
I don't take it hard or I don't think it's a shot at Cam Newton. I think it was just the situation and the circumstances. However, teams that looking are looking for quarterbacks or that could use his talents, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, they should be chomping at the bit, in my opinion, to get a guy who's proven and who can also nurture a young guy if they if they want to bring up a young guy behind them. Obviously, the Miami Dolphins have Josh Rosen. Cam Newton has success in this league. He's been a league MVP. Like, he knows how to win. He just needs the right coach, system, players around him, and he's going to bring that positive influence on that locker room wherever he ends up. All right, before we dive into where he does end up, Wilds, why do you think everyone's out on Cam? You're a big Cam Newton guy. It can't just be because of the uncertainty with, with his injuries, the, the, the shoulder, the foot, all of it. Why is everyone out on Cam? Well, I, I think everyone is confused because you've got a superstar. We don't know if he wants to be a backup or not. So it's like, oh, is, can I bring him on my team or do I have to start him? And I think this is a lesson for everybody in America. In times of confusion, you can turn to Sheryl Crow. And Sheryl Crow says, every day is a winding road. I get a little bit stronger. Uh, so I think Cam can go back and look at, like, Don't Kurt Warner, MVP 99, MVP 2001. Then all of a sudden, a backup. Backup uh, Mark Bulger, backs up Eli, backs up Matt Leinart. And then, boom, I'm back in the Super Bowl. So I think Cam's journey might be a little more unorthodox than we expected from superstar to backup back to superstar. Backup. I, I, I definitely don't see Cam as a backup. I, Greg, I, I, I also don't see him as a backup. And to, to address both your points, Greg, I understand what you're saying is very logical. Why would I trade an asset for something that I know is going to be out in the marketplace? And the answer is very simply, if I know, Greg, you're selling one of your many fancy cars and tomorrow you're putting it at auction and anyone can get it. And But you'd say to me today, but Nick, I'll give it to you at this price. I might buy it right then and there because it guarantees me that I get it and I don't have to compete with other people for it. And Cam Newton at one year, $19, $20 million is nothing. We live in a world where Brock Osweiler, after this much good football, got four years, $72 million where Joe Flacco, after five years of terrible football, got three years, $66 million. How many was Case Keenum by the same team that gave Flacco his money? Denver Broncos said, come on down, Case. Nick Foles just got four years, $88 million. I, I really do think the, le the league still holds against Cam his bad body language from a few years ago. The press conference after the Super Bowl in 2015 and the postgame stuff, because none of the rest of it makes sense. And yes, Cam did handle losing that Super Bowl terribly. He handled it far worse than, you know, Philip Rivers handled losing his Super Bowl. Oh, wait, Philip Rivers never been to a Super Bowl. He's 38 years old, just threw 20 picks. And the Colts are like, come on down one year, 25 million dollars. We'd love to have you. I don't know why Cam is out in the wilderness when we have a paucity of competent quarterbacks in this league, Jenna Wolf. 
Nick, quickly, where do you want to see Cam go? You're convinced that he's got a ton left in him and a ton left to prove. Where do you want to see him? I've said the Chargers for Brady. They make just as much sense for Cam. The Dolphins, who Greg brought up, I think also make a ton of sense. Yeah, I like the Dolphins. Um, Obviously, with the weapons that the Chargers have, that would be a great landing spot for Cam Newton. Um, And if he can get there, if they would acquire him, I think that would be good for them. I, he won't throw as many interceptions as as their former quarterback, so Philip Rivers. So I like it, man. He's and he's young, Nick. I'm with you. He's 30 years old. Come on, man. You got to get Cam a shot. Have you ever had muscle pain? I'm talking stop you and your tracks will never work out again. What am I going to do kind of pain? This is the kind of pain Dr. Jason Wersland was in when he created Theragun, the deep muscle massager that's unlike anything you've ever felt. Theragun isn't a cheap massager that just tickles your muscles. Their handheld percussive device uses a scientifically calibrated combination of speed, depth, and power to release the deepest muscle tension. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just everyday life, you can use Theragun. Theragun is the preferred muscle recovery device for over 250 professional sports teams and used by hundreds of thousands of satisfied customers around the world to reduce pain, increase range of motion, and soothe aching muscles. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com cadence. For a limited time, our listeners get a free charging stand with a purchase, a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash cadence, theragun.com slash cadence. Back here, first things first, talking Tom Brady. He was introduced as the newest Bucks quarterback yesterday. And when Brady was asked about his former employer, he took the high road saying, I think Mr. Kraft has been a great influence in my life and I am so grateful for two decades. Nick, should Patriots fans be rooting for Brady in a Bucks uniform? In other words, are they Patriots fans or are they Brady fans? Both of those are such fascinating questions. Let me deal with the first one first. First things first, how about that? Uh, should they be? I, okay. I don't know. Will they be? I think absolutely. I think Patriot fans are tied to the hip at the moment with Tom Brady. Yesterday... I said on this show, Brady is more likely to be the worst quarterback in the NFC South than the best quarterback in the NFC South. I think that's a pretty obvious statement. I don't think most people would disagree with it. My replies and responses on Twitter, which admittedly is an unfair sample, were not a lot of angry Bucks fans. <laughs> they were a lot of angry New Englanders. They were a lot of people with Celtic avatars and Red Sox avatars and still TB12 in their avatar They were Patriot fans that don't realize he's not yours anymore. He is now a different, uh, he is now a Bucks fan's problem or Bucks fan's pleasure, depending on how you look at it. Now, to to your second question, Jenna, and this one I'll kick to Wilds, which is, are they Brady fans or are they Patriot fans? This is what occurred to me. I'm 35 years old. Anyone a few years younger than me, If you're 30 years old or younger, your entire sports fan life, if you're a Patriot fan, you have known nothing but winning and nothing but Tom Brady. 
It is the most spoiled group of sports fans ever. Football fans that are under 30 from New England, it's, it, it's unbelievable. I, I would imagine the only thing comparable to it is basketball fans in New England who grew up during Russell's time. It's all, but Russell only played 13 years. Brady played 20 with New England. So, Wilds, you're obviously not under 30, but for the entirety of your adult life, it's been Tom Brady and the Patriots. So I don't think you'll ever get over it, and I don't think you'll ever divorce yourself from him, even though he divorced himself from you, Kevin Wilds. Yeah, okay, let's relax with the divorce talk. It's more of just like a nice separation. Remember, he only signed a two-year deal with a no-trade clause, so maybe he's coming back, Nick. Part of me, I swear to God, part of me is holding out hope that he comes back and like signs like a one-day contract or comes in at the end. I, that actually crossed my mind when I saw that he had a, a no-trade clause um, and he couldn't franchise him. All right, so I think the other emotional part of this is no one realizes, unless you live in New England, like how bad we were for the history of the franchise. And then the whole thing flipped and Tom, it was because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And that's why I'm still holding on so tightly to Bill Belichick. If they both left, it would be an absolute, absolute disaster. But the fact that this was a franchise-changing player, like, of course I'm going to root for him. I want him to do well. Greg, let me ask you a question. So you were in Green Bay when Brett Favre left. Aaron Rodgers was the heir apparent. And if I, if I remember correctly, Aaron Rodgers proved to be the right choice at the time. You saw that transition take place. Fans were still rooting for Favre even when he left. He was such an iconic force in Green Bay. What happens now in New England? Are, are fans, what happens to Stidham, who's got those big shoes to fill? Do you see the same thing, that fans will just sort of follow their quarterback out, or are they more fans of the team? Um, I think... In terms of the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation, it was slightly different. Um, you drafted Aaron Rodgers, and he sat behind Brett only for a couple years and then took over. And I think the breakup was a little different uh, with Brett. And so with that, same in New England, you're going to have fans that are going to pick sides. It's it's like a relationship. Friends that are tied to a couple's relationship, they're, they're forced to kind of pick sides. You're either going to be with the woman or you're going to go pick sides with the guy. And that's the same with fans. They're either going to pick sides and be with New England or they're going to decide, I'm a Brady fan. Wherever Brady goes, I'm going. And that's kind of what happened with Brett Favre. You wanted him to stick it back to Mike McCarthy, Ted Thompson, uh, Mike Murphy, Mark Murphy, excuse me. You wanted him to stick it back because you felt like they treated Brett wrong. They treated me wrong. They're not loyal to Brett. They're not loyal to us. That's how fans grow tied to players and organizations. And it's it's at their own discretion. They have they have every right to feel however they feel. If they want to root for Brady as a buck, root for Brady as a buck. But to Nick's point, he is not yours. He's never quite been yours. He's been on borrowed time this entire time, and you've been beneficial of what he's providing you. He, he might be Kevin Wilds, just like LeBron might be Nick. But, Nick, <laughs> I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on what Greg had to say. 
Uh, I, I think Greg put it perfectly, and I don't mean disregard the question, but if I may, I'd really rather address what Wilds had to say. Because Wilds, listen, I, I'm not, you might not be a child of divorce. I am a child of divorce. You are clearly still believing, but I think they're going to get back together. I went through that phase in real life. My parents, I was like, no, 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 they'll get back together one day. Ain't never happened, man. You're holding out hope. Wait, Brady wants to play till he's 45. There's only two years on his deal. Maybe in three years he comes back. He ain't coming back, bro. And for you and for Patriot fans, here's the deal. You're split between mom and dad. My question is, who gets you on the weekends? My question is, who actually are you with on Sundays? Are you with, are you with Tom or are you with the Patriots? Because this year, you don't have to play each other. But in two years, assuming Tom makes it to two years, you will be playing Tom Brady in Gillette. You said yesterday there's going to be those tickets are going to be $10,000. You got plenty of money. You're a television star now. You'll be there. Who are you rooting for? I'm just asking you, Wilds, before we go, when Brady plays the Patriots, who are you rooting for? Okay, so I I will be rooting. You can root for both. You root for a good game. But you want the Patriots to win, but Tom Brady to have one of those like five touchdown games. And I came up with some horrible math. I also need to bring my kids to that game. So now it's going to be, I got two kids. It's going to be like 30 grand. So I have to like, I don't yeah. know what I'm going to have to sell, sell our, all of my possessions, all of these books. I'm just curious, Nick, who would you be rooting for? Oh, well, listen, you brought up the LeBron thing. Here's the thing. I was never a fan of the Cavs. I was never a fan of the Heat. I wasn't, I'm not a fan of the Lakers. I'm a fan of LeBron. I've been on a bash it about this. I, 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 I go where LeBron goes as far as my basketball fandom because I'm from Kansas City. We didn't never have a team. It's different if you're from a city that's got a team. So I'm allowed to be a sports free agent. Wilds is supposed to be with the Patriots live or die. We'll see if that turns out, Jenna. We got to go. Have a great day, everyone. Stay safe. Back here tomorrow.